2: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: All right, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to be here with you in your car, or your home, or your earbuds, or wherever you're listening. Today, I'm with my friend and esteemed colleague Levi Limer. We do work together in the health business. We do very similar things, posting very similar content, handling audience questions and messages in a very similar way. We basically do the same thing, except Levi is younger than me and he's way ahead of me. Started earlier and honestly, he's doing great. I'm really proud of him. And today we're here to talk about being your own boss, something that comes up a lot. I think a lot of people are very confused about this subject, what it actually means to be your own boss, whether it's even desirable for a lot of people in a lot of circumstances. I think being the boss is definitely a very overrated position, notwithstanding the benefits. So I'm excited to get into it, but before we do, I don't have any sponsors here, no ads to read you, but I do sell stuff, I write books and sell books, I sell supplements as well. I make a lot of content across a lot of different platforms. And you can find all of it on my website, noticebooks.org. And notice is spelled not us, notusbooks.org. You can find my books there, free audio and video versions of all of my books, as well as a whole bunch of extra audiobooks that have really helped me in my life. Shared all of that on the website, notusbooks.org. So today we're going to talk about being the boss, being your own boss. And this is, uh, I think, uh, a very glamorized topic. But in my opinion, being the boss is one of the most overrated positions in a business or in a company. There are many underrated positions, such as uh, number two. I love being number two. It's a great position to be in. I'd like to talk about some of these things because especially a lot of young people, they seem to not really know what it is to be your own boss. If you don't know what being your own boss entails, it's very hard to actually create that lifestyle for yourself. A lot of us had to do a lot of finding out, which took a long time. And in that amount of time, most people simply drop out of business. In our business, specifically with distributing, both Levi and I are both distributors for the same company, people don't usually last very long. They really don't. They get burned out very quickly. They realize that they have to work very hard for one sale. And that one commission doesn't mean much money. It's a lot of work for very little money until a customer base builds up. But this can and usually does take years. So if you don't have a realistic idea of what it's going to be like to build almost any business, then... You're probably not going to get started in the first place, or you are going to get started. And since you had an unrealistic image of what that is, you're probably going to fail. And it's not really a failure. It's just giving up in most cases before something really gets off the ground. give up. Now, Levi, I want to kind of let you start it off. I know you've got some talking points as well. I've got some talking points here, you know, about setting your own schedule. And, you know, it's not just straightforward. I'm my own boss, so... I do whatever I want with my time. Well, no, if you don't structure your time properly, you're probably not going to have a business to be the boss of. And uh, I've got points here about being creative versus doing what you're told. You know, there's pros and cons to everything, right? Producing versus presenting, right? These are different, there's different roles in every business. In our business, we've got a big customer service role, we've got a big PR role, you know, the face of the company. We have to communicate with with the audience, with the customers, that's PR. Customer service is handling problems mostly, right? That's mostly what you're dealing with with customer service. We have content creation, right? So we have a media department. There's all sorts of different jobs within that. And not everybody is the best at any one of these jobs, right? Nobody can do everything perfectly and properly. And being a boss is a skill set of its own. I'm just kind of throwing these things out here. I'd love to dive in on pretty much all of these because I don't have very many points written down but i think they're all important producers and presenters or you know anybody who's working within the project who is not a boss they can pressure each other to get things done whereas the boss only kind of gives you pressure so there's different pros and cons there's different things to consider but being the boss being the one that's pressuring the workers to to do the thing again that isn't always everybody's strong point it's not my strong point i like to do the thing And I do like to get pressure from people I'm working with and stuff. I don't like to get pressure from bosses. I stopped working regular jobs over 10 years ago. That was one of the big reasons. I don't mind being told what to do, but I do mind when I'm not being treated with respect, which is just a common thing that a lot of bosses are not good at, right? So again, it's not just like this fantasy, this automatic goal that it's automatically good for you to be your own boss. A lot of people have no idea how to be their own boss, even assuming there's no employees. They don't know how to manage their time and pressure themselves and come up with the plan. But then, yeah, even worse, you know, most people simply can't manage people. They don't have enough social intelligence or emotional intelligence, social IQ, to handle people and manage people and motivate people and step into their shoes and understand why somebody's underperforming or or what, you know, this is the type of thing that a boss should ideally be good at. It's not just barking orders from above an organization works best when all levels can communicate fluidly. And I think that's enough of a groundwork there to jump in on some things. Levi, Levi, what do you think? You're a lot younger than me, about a decade younger than me, and you're newer to business. And I know you've had to like everybody else you've had to adjust to making up your own schedule, coming up with your own plan, realizing that if something is going to get done, you're probably the one that has to do it. you know, realizing all these costs that come up before we hit record, you and I were just even talking about upgrading to a new recording software costs money. These are the types of things that a boss has to do, right the employee or the worker or the team manager, or something like that. you don't have to make these financial decisions. You don't have to take the heat when something goes wrong. You don't have to lose money when something goes wrong. When you're the boss, everything's on you, especially if you're talking about your own independent business with no employees or only a few employees, literally everything's on
3: you, right? This is what I love about this actual, both of our perspectives here. You've been in the business for about eight years now. And I just got in maybe about a year ago and it's definitely like really cool to see what you recommended, and I immediately got sucked into all of your material. What really changed everything for me was your podcast here, <laughs> and posting these audiobooks, you know you have grant cardone you have you have Jim Rohn on here, like despite all of the health stuff, health is extremely important for just running everything it's at the base core of everything that I do, but the mental aspect of everything really touched me. And I had to just program that into my head for such a long time because I was wrapped up in a lot of negative complaining attitude. I had diseases of attitude as mm-hmm. they, they call it. And this affects so many people. I come from such a weird angle. Honestly, I never thought I would have been like a, a supplement dude or a, a health guy at all. I never thought in my life I was ever going to do what I'm doing right now. Uh, I, I thought I was going to be somewhere in the the computer world and working for somebody and working up the line. But I've always had this just kind of innate feeling that I wanted to be in charge of everything that was happening in my life. I wanted full control. If I don't have control, I feel very weak. When I'm weak, I can't run anything. I can't run. Can't even control my own blood sugar, for that matter. Or whatever. I mean, there's so many places you have to control in your life. And that's essentially where it all starts is taking the initiative change. And that's that's the single most important thing. I had to change my morning routine for sure. I woke up at eight o'clock, you know, I know it's pretty early for a lot of people, but I would wake up at eight. I remember, you know, getting up, making a bowl of cereal really easy, go upstairs, play PUBG, you know, games. And my computer, I've spent a lot of money on. And <laughs> I wanted to get into something maybe like live streaming on you know, gaming and stuff like that. But really, it didn't fuel a direct cash flow. And that's another extremely in, uh, important thing when you're trying to do anything. I'm, I'm trying to get out in the world, produce content and all this stuff. I'm very thankful that Instagram is a free platform that we can use it to share it practically anything. It changes up the philosophy and the concept of business. It's changed it forever. I mean, internet is such a huge thing. But I initially found what I wanted to do through it by, by your content. And really, all of the downloading of information consistently, being consistent is the thing that has gotten me through the worst of times. And there has been a couple of rough times in this business, I'd have to say. Initially getting involved with it, I was at the time working at Bridgman's restaurant. Uh, it's a local restaurant here, and really awesome staff. Loved everybody there. Really humble boss, busy all the time. I remember trying to actually approach people for the first time because I, I know these people and you know, I've had established relationships with the the prep cook in the back and. All of the cooks, basically, but you're always meeting new people there, and that's what I've always loved about that is just being in person. And I'm I'm pretty opposite of you, Ryan. I get so much energy from being in there in person, and just seeing the person's reaction on their face and and being able to read them. It's so much more. I do love the the whole online thing because it, you could do everything from your house, and you don't. It doesn't cost too much. But anyway, at Bridgemans, I was trying to approach people, and it's just, it's difficult where to start. It was so difficult in the beginning to, you know, am I going to tell them about Dr. Wallach or am I going to lead in this direction or am I going to go? There's so many different areas that you can pitch, but I never really understood that you need to hook people. You need to get them to, to that point where they start asking genuine questions. And I would word vomit on literally everybody, people that don't even care. You know, I'd I'd come back to them like three or four times throughout the day, and I'd just be like sharing little things with them or whatever. If they're dealing with a problem, you know, they they could all obviously tell that I was trying to pitch them something, and that's basically where I screwed up there in in person. But I I eventually took it away from doing in person all the time, and I I cut off my income from that restaurant about the beginning of last summer 2022 and at this point i kind of just cut off all of my ships you know you're on the island and you gotta figure out a way to survive and although i haven't built up a a very big income or a very big business yet i've learned so much from everything that has went on and everything I, I did at Bridgeman's, I actually know how to approach people. You want to be to the point people that have no idea what we're about. They've never heard of Wallach. I've never heard of Wallach in my life. And, but ultimately I had to change what I was doing. I had to cut off what I was doing before. And I've had temptations to, to go back there because of how broke I've been lately. I've had uh a couple of winters, I guess you could call them, come up, and they have costed me both financially and mentally exhausting, really. M- my mind can get hung up on just little things. It used to get hung up on so many little things, but I've, I've redirected that. I've had to basically launch my own business online by myself. Ryan was here. Ryan's always been here for me to answer literally anything. He, he he was here for me at the worst of times we have shared a couple of the best of times that it's also actually traveled. I had to meet Ryan because it's it was just all of the life change he's introduced into my life. And it's, it's not like he's taught me everything I, I've I've had, I went to listen to these podcasts and I, I had to put the time. I mean, there's hours of podcasts out there. There's so many different topics and finding what your niche is, I did not know health was going to be my niche. Such a weird thing. Such a different concept. Like, I, I was eating like crap when I was back in high school and, you know, such a 180. I, I started diving into like truther content and eventually hit this page, Project Knowledge, found Ryan on his own personal page talking about EMF and stuff. I'm like, is this something I got to be worried about? You know, so, starting to actually get in trash. There's such a long period of time where I'd gain maybe a couple of followers here and there. Likes wasn't so great. The view count was so great, but I, I kept doing it. I've been posting four times a day on both Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. And after reading Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk, totally changed how I was to approach the business online. And I was originally recommended by Ryan. Ryan's recommended literally every book that I've read so far. Basically, I've, I've read things like Game of Thrones and a lot of fiction books and stuff. They're not, they're not so really essential for leading a good life or anything like that, but they do. They are entertaining. And reading is something I never really had initially had any interest for any interest for in high school. Any time in my life, I was not reading. I, I was such a terrible reader. I don't know how I even comprehended Game of Thrones when I first read it. I initially got into that. My my friend, uh, Zach, he's in the Air Force, Honor Guard, flipping rifles and stuff now. But he was the guy that initially got me to just start reading and, and getting that habit down. And you, Ryan, were telling me to get doing it right in the morning. Because it's something that you, when you're starting to do, you don't really like to do it at all. And that's kind of where I found myself until I have I, I took the initiative to get healthier and in, in, in this business, right? That's the health business. You, you want to lead a very good example. So I started applying everything uh, you're telling me and immediately eliminated the bad stuff, got in the, the 90 and everything. For a while, I wasn't really getting deep into uh, other things, I guess. Uh, I mean, we have so many different protocols. And I remember the first time I did the salt flush. And we already talked about this at length in a in a podcast before, but I had the most just awesome time with that. I mean, I was reading and I was actually making sense, and I could actually understand, comprehend, and remember everything. And I just realized how you know critical it is to have a good structure, a structural plan of health. I mean, I'd wake up if the morning doesn't go good for me, the entire rest of the day just kind of seems sluggish. It seems. Like it's not flowing properly or anything. So if I don't read in the morning, it definitely feels off. If I don't study, that's, that's the whole study part of our profession and any profession for that matter. You can't skip that part. And now I'm starting to perfect that. And I didn't really know how critical that was. I mean, in the beginning, I wasn't um, taking notes, keeping things in the binders that I have. Now I have about eight binders filled with just pages of notes. And right now I'm improving that. And becoming a very good studier by just taking notes, reviewing them. You have to review them. And writing down things on paper is just so encrypting to my mind. It's so essential. If I don't write stuff down, I, I mean, I, there's so many little facts in these health books, and I'm, I'm reading the peanut allergy epidemic right now. And he gets pretty deep into the whole studies of the past and uh, the present and all this stuff. You got to keep this stuff so organized. And using your head as a filing cabinet is probably one of the worst things that I can do for myself because I have so many things running through my mind. I mean, being the CEO, being the head chief of everything, you're not specifically going into one area. You're not only doing messages online, but you're also doing phone calls. You're making sure you're protecting the business. You're making sure that nobody's getting hacking the business. And I got some of that, but you're managing your entire morning routine, I mean your entire routine. you're in charge of everything you're you're the boss of your own life and your own schedule, and it's not all a, easy, is it? No, no it actually, Grant Cardone was the guy that kind of got me to start making my schedule and start planning out to have this one one of those planners by the fifteen minute mark and and Grant Cardone said, "Take the challenge, you know write what you're doing." every 15 minutes of the day and that's pretty challenging but i knew what i was doing in all those minutes i mean i would put down in that book right here i'm reading over here i'll be doing messages next production video production making videos the schedule is a good idea especially
0: for anybody who says i don't have enough time or they think they don't have enough time to write a business honestly all the time especially these young guys it's mostly guys that are messaging me saying you know, I don't really know how to be, uh, how to get any of these things off, off the ground. You know, I'm trying to learn this, but I don't know. I'm kind of busy, and I'm like, well, "What are you? What are you busy with? What are you in high, high school or what's going on here?" If you schedule that 15 minutes every 15 minutes of your day, and you can write that down, a lot of people don't want to do that because they just don't want to admit to themselves or to you, who's pestering them, that they really are wasting many hours in every day. Most most people are. There's plenty of time. Everyone has the same time. It's about priorities and. I have to do this all the time, too, especially as we've gotten more and more busy. When you were at our place several months ago, we were actually in a little bit of a slow time in the business. Oh, I was enjoying it. I was taking a little vacation. I was painting almost every day. I was finishing the messages and the emails in like three hours. That's pretty good. That's basically a three hour work day. And then you have the rest of the day to produce stuff. We have to tend the garden. We have to handle the stuff that's already there, the customers that are already there, the orders that need to be put in. We have to handle that stuff, answer the people, handle the customers, and then yeah, the rest of the day to create stuff. Oh, it was very lackadaisical, but we've gotten crazy busy in the last three, four months. And we've had to, both my wife and I have, have had to really rearrange our lives a little bit to be able to handle all this work and some things needed to go. The schedule had to, had to be examined. You know, when you were over here, yeah, I was getting stuff done still. We're doing the business, you know, making videos, not every day, but videos are being produced and stuff's being done. It's just, that's my pace. It's slow, but it's steady. And we, we get stuff done. I've got a whole bunch of books that we've published and tons of podcasts, tons of videos over the years. This stuff adds up. I'm not concerned about doing it all in one day, but when you were here, (laughs) we still have plenty of time to sit around and smoke joints and watch poker, you know, just, Le- leisure time, but now I don't have any time to watch poker. The schedule had to be examined, right? so This is just stuff that people don't want to do. They don't want to re- admit that they are watching Netflix for four hours a day, or YouTube for four six hours a day, or whatever. Just wasting time, wasting time with buddies, doing favors for people, make just making excuses, right? Excusitis. A lot of people have excusitis, and <laughs> they can't be their own boss because when you have excusitis, you can blame other people, right? You can blame your boss. You can blame your coworkers. You can blame the traffic. You can blame all the external circumstances. But if you have that attitude on your own business, your business is just going to fail. Period. You don't have anyone to whine to, really, other than your your spouse or I don't know whoever's forced to listen to you. But the boss is going to be the one that has to make these sacrifices. A lot of people don't want to make these sacrifices, and uh, network marketing specifically is often criticized because the reality is you will make more working at mcdonald's or walmart probably in the first year or two you just mentioned you know you thought about even going back to your job that's very common hey when i was two years into this business maybe three years i hit a low point i was losing an apartment i didn't know what to do i asked people in this business they suggested that i should go get a job because this is a slow growing business oh wow! it's fantastic it's incredible but if you're asking how to pay your rent this month you know how many customers do I need to enroll in, on foot here, not on the internet? How many customers do I have to enroll to pay a $1,500 rent, $1,000 rent, call it $2,000 realistic bills, even on a low level, you know, you've got your apartment, car, phone bill, You know, food, you got to pay for food, right? whatever, $2,000 a month. Can you do that on network marketing? That's a lot of customers. That's a lot of enrollments. That's almost nonstop enrollments. Right, I don't even have this many contacts. Basically, the math was impossible. I knew that I was going to be starving doing this business. I knew that that's what it would take. I wasn't personally prepared to go get a job, but most people aren't prepared to live in in basic actual poverty. You know, literally not having dinner many, 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 many times. You know, not having a, a, no TV. <laughs> Some apartments had no internet. Nothing, nothing. My friends would come <laughs> over. I'd say, Hey, yeah, I got. I got two movies on my laptop. You want to watch one of them? (laughs) We're sitting on kitchen chairs. You know, I've got no sofa. Never, never bought a sofa in my life. Ghetto, right? So, you know, this isn't the normal business circumstance by any means, but on some scale, it's going to require, like Grant Cardone says, a lot of people hate on Grant Cardone, but I love this 10X thing that it probably is going to take you 10 times more effort than you thought, 10 times more money than you thought. 10 times, you know, more time than you thought, whatever it is, we tend to underestimate these things and people want to complain about work or whatever, but work will make you more money in the short term because it's easier. It, it, it is easier to just go to work, you know, to collect a even a measly paycheck is a lot more than you will probably make in your own business, depending on the business, depending on the overheads that you have in that business. So this is why a lot of people take that, easier route right it's it is more difficult to be your own boss this we started this whole thing saying you know being your own boss it it is kind of overrated because a lot of people think that it's just this glamorous easy thing like oh yeah of course you want to be your own boss so you can make the real money well it's true you can make the real money by being the boss but you also probably have to make the real sacrifices you probably have to be the one to miss friday nights saturday nights you know, you're probably going to be the one that your buddies haven't seen in a while. Uh, your girlfriend, spouse, wife may complain, right, of how much time you have to put into this. So in many ways, it is easier to go to work. And I'd say one of the bigger ways is, well, first, you don't have to set your own schedule. You you have to show up. Someone else did the schedule. It's easier just to go to work. You know, When you have to go, do what you have to do rather than come up with this whole plan. But also, employees get to walk away. It's probably one of the biggest benefits. You know, you don't often hear of employee burnout, but all the time we hear about boss burnout, and I've experienced it. Today's Saturday. I think the last time you and I recorded, Levi, it was also Saturday, and I kind of have to record these things on Saturday a lot of the time. I'd rather not. I'm trying to force myself to take weekends off, or at least... You know, Saturday afternoon and all of Sunday off for my own sanity because it's a lot of pressure. There's so many people that want so much of you. There's so many things that you're accountable for when you're the boss. Business can never stop if your business is going well. Uh, some businesses are pretty strict on the, you know, nine to five schedule of the world, but. A lot of times now it's not, you can pick up your phone anytime there's business there, there's customers there, there's suppliers there, distributors there, you know, there's people that want something all the time and it can burn you out. You don't have to deal with this as an employee. You can walk away, you can turn your phone off. You don't have to make the big decisions about investments and employees. You don't have to think about other employees, right? Some other employees screwing around or stealing from the company or something. You don't really have to care as a fellow employee, especially if the organization is big. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that the employees can kind of pressure each other, like someone who's producing versus someone who's editing or someone being presenter. Like a lot of times I'm the one who's doing the presenting and the editing, right? I call that producing. Producing is like making the product. But a lot of times the one making the product is using somebody else. This is kind of why I said at the beginning, I kind of prefer being number two. I'd rather somebody else be the superstar. And I like being in the editing chambers. I like having my job making them look good. It's just easy than being the one that has to look good as well, right? Kind of have to pick which roles you want if you want to excel in them. And I realized this too. So we're talking about being the boss here, right? Well, I've been forced to learn skills that I never even wanted. I I did not want to be a speaker at all. I didn't want to be a public figure. I didn't want to be a role model. There's like kids that tell me, man, I've been listening to you Like, you know, since I was a kid. They'll phrase it like that. I'm like, well, wait, wait. what are you talking about? How old are you? <laughs> They're like 16, right? They've been watching me since they were 12. They literally grew up with me. Whoa, this is huge. This is a huge responsibility. I didn't want to, to step into any of these roles. I always consider myself an artist. I like working in the lab, I like making stuff like being on my own lazy artist schedule, you know, which is consistent but uh it doesn't exactly fit a corporate structure. So, being the boss here doesn't really fit in for me. Levi, you and I work together. You know, I am there. I'm kind of always there. I'm sturdy as a rock. That's my main role, but it's, it's the rest is up to you more or less. <laughs> like if you want yeah, some advice. We could talk, you know. Yeah, I can come over, you know. Yeah, we need some some money to get something done. Yeah, for sure, I'll consider it. Just like my uplines will consider it. We're we're there to help in that very basic way. But your success in business, in this business particularly, but business in general, is most definitely up to you, right? With those people earlier with the excuse-itis, they really can't get their heads around this. That no, you need to set your schedule. Make sure that. like you said, you are studying, you are learning, you are improving. I've been committed to being a better, better presenter over the years. Again, something I never, never wanted to even do, but had to divert all this time and all, all this effort towards it, because that's what being a boss entails. And this is way too much for a lot of people to even comprehend. Even at a hard job, like a physically difficult job, a mentally difficult job. Again, you have the benefit still of being able to do anything else in the morning, anything else in the evening. You don't have to think about the business, you know, any part of the business, really. You don't have to think about the the finances and the stock price and you know how the customers and how the distributors are all reacting to the news, but you don't have to do any of that. You just have to do your job. And being a boss, you have to create your own job. Not only that, in many cases, you have to do more than one job, right? You start, you open a store, you're the one that has to clean the toilets. You're probably the one that has to show up Before it opens, not just when it opens. Employees love just coming in when things open. The boss often has to come in before things open. They have to sweep up and clean up. They're the ones that have to care. They're the ones that have to be emotionally invested in all this, right? The employee doesn't even have to smile. Many times when the boss isn't looking, the employee won't even pretend to be nice to the customers or anything like that. But the boss has this instinctual need, of course, to show the best face of every business, you know, to, to boost every part of the business, including the simple things like cleaning the toilets and smiling to the customers and, and da, 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 da things that you might not think a boss should do, right? I bring this up because a lot of people think that being a boss means you're hanging out on the yacht or you're on the beach with your laptop when no, you probably are cleaning toilets, right? I drag luggage around and You know, you do events like everybody has to help set up the stalls and carry the boxes and, you know, all all this low level grunt stuff that when you are running your own business and a bunch of us independent distributors, you know, we're coming together to help each other out. But still, there is no corporate entity to look up to. There's no funding. You know, we can not just ask for more money and it happens magically. You know, we have to do everything. We have to pay for everything, all this stuff. So I think a lot of people aren't built for it, but I think people might actually become built for it if they understood what this is, right? When you first started this, Levi, and what did we do? We talked about books and, and routines. You said it, right? The routine powers you. I You didn't know that. I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. I quit doing drugs basically when I was 16. That's what started me. It wasn't this business. I learned when I was 16 and I quit drugs. And no one wanted to hang out anymore. And my life just ground to a halt. And every day felt like it was a week long. I was so bored. I had to figure out what to do. I wasn't in school. i had been expelled from school and whatnot. I did go back to school. But before that, if I I was going to stay sane, I had to schedule myself. I had to learn to schedule myself with discipline. And I had to learn to start reading in the morning, every morning. And if I had nothing else to do that day, I would keep reading. And if I didn't keep reading, then I wouldn't know what to do. And my mind would wander you know, to drugs and, and whatever that I was trying to stay away from. I'm just saying it was very, very difficult to get a hold of your life because that's what most kids do, right? They go to school. They don't have to set their own schedule, but I was out of school. So I learned you have to set your own schedule or you will actually go insane. If you want to meet the devil, leave your calendar blank, right? The devil comes when you have idle hands. I do think boredom is the m- most major contributor to depression in the modern world for sure. But You mentioned a word earlier about resistance, and there's a book I love. I think the author's name is Matthew Kelly. It's called Resisting Happiness. The book talks all about how we naturally resist the things we're supposed to do. We always resist going to the gym. You've been going to the gym for 15 years. you still got that uh, feeling before you go. You have to overcome resistance in order to get anything worthwhile done in life, basically, right? It's not easy to go up to that pretty girl and ask her out. You have to overcome the resistance that you have to doing all of the things that you know will make your life better, right? You know, if you eat that apple, it's better than the candy bar, right? You just, you know, if you eat the candy bar every day, you're going to have bad health down the road. You know, if you eat the apple every day, you're going to have better health down the road. You know, if you keep going to the gym, you're going to get results, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we resist all these things we need to do to grow our business, right? Right. It's very uncomfortable to go out and reach out to new customers. Like you were talking about in person too. That's the hardest. It's like asking a girl out. It's almost the same thing. You do have a proposition buried within you. You're, you are looking for the opportunity to give your proposition to ask the girl out or to, yeah, never, someone to listen to the information. It's a proposition. I've never thought of it like that. <laughs> oh, I think about it like that. And, uh, You know, I I I actually do it the exact same way because with women, girls, same thing. I don't have to pick up girls anymore. I have uh, a wife, but I remember it. You got to go up. You got to be bold. And these aren't rules. I'm not telling you, like, this is what you got to do. This is what worked for me. Just being (laughs) bold, being honest. Just go up and say how you feel. I like you. I like the looks of you. I think you're pretty. Would you like to go out on Friday? Just boom. That's it. They're going to give you a yes. They're going to give you a no. Might hurt. Might feel amazing. You'll never know unless you do it. Right? You don't get to feel the peaks or the troughs of emotion unless you try. And they're not all going to say yes. So I just basically approached this uh, customer thing the same way. When I first started, like you, I had nothing. I had, I had no in- internet or anything. Like I didn't have an Instagram thing going on, didn't have a plan. Just had to go out and meet people and I treat it the same way. Hey, I see you limping. <laughs> you know, I'm not beating around the bush at all. I, hey, I see you limping. Right? Or somebody, I'd see people that are. 300 pounds, 400 pounds. I'm, I'm looking for easy targets to pick on here. People with obvious health problems. I'm not going to go pick on fit people at the gym and say, hey, le- le- let me show you how to be even healthier. Right. <laughs> hey, it's you already feel though. good. You already feel good. <laughs> let me f- tell you the stuff that might make you feel better. What a weak pitch. No. Hey, you're, you're limping. Hey, I think I could fix that limp. Hey, I think I know something that will fix that hunch. Hey, you can't, you can't hold that pickle jar old man. I wouldn't talk to them literally like this, but kind of, kind of, these are blue collar working class people, you know, say, so, hey, you need a hand there, bud, you know, picking up his whatever. Yeah. I know something that would help you. Yeah, I know you can't even stand up straight there. Right. And he'd say, Oh yeah, you know, it's been getting worse over the last few years. Yeah, no. Well, maybe we can get it going a little better. Check this CD out. Call me, right. Just, I'm not trying to beat around the bush. I didn't mean to go into a tangent there. I was just saying that we do resist the things that we know will make us happy. We do resist the things that we know will make us better right we resist studying we turn the tv on rather than pick the book up that's why i like getting reading done in the morning so you just it's done right if you do it in the morning it's done i can finish Mm -hmm. my my quota for the day which is just about an hour of reading it's my minimum i can finish that and screw around all day and i'll still feel accomplished so even on my day off you know i'll do my reading in the morning And I don't have to do anything else in the day. I still feel like I did something, right? still feel like I got something accomplished. Books still get finished at a steady pace and all this. But if we resist everything that's good for us, then that means that being your own boss means being a master of overcoming your own resistance and recognizing these things. Is there something I don't want to do? That's usually something I should force myself to do. Am I avoiding talking with this customer? Why? Are they a difficult customer? Yeah, they probably are. That's why I'm resisting it. Well, what am I going to gain by overcoming this? Well, first of all, I might actually help them with their problem. And if I ignore them, I I might just lose them as a customer altogether. And second of all, I might actually get better. Why am I not confident with this person? Why am I afraid to face this thing, right? So I've gotten a lot better dealing with people over the years because of overcoming this resistance. And I just think that most people don't even get to this point, right? The idea of any of this stuff is so overwhelming that they don't even resist that initial feeling of discomfort when they think of signing their first three friends up or doing cold calls, knocking on doors. Right. I started off similarly, you know, delivering papers. You have to confront people at their door, you know, and selling uh, boy scout chocolates and stuff. You got to go knock door to door. You got to bug people. People aren't going to yell at a cute kid, but sometimes they do, man. I don't know. It's, it's uncomfortable.
3: (laughs) I've had a couple.
0: Yeah. Well, so all these things, (laughs) If you're not willing to overcome resistance, if you're not willing to go, you know, knock on a door with a snow shovel and say, hey, I'll shovel your snow off for 20 bucks, you're never going to get the 20 bucks. And if you can't handle those small things, then you're probably not going to be able to handle a team of people because there's, there's so much more nuance when it comes to dealing with people. I think most people don't even get their heads around running their own life, right? This is why I started with setting your own schedule, running your own life, keeping your own attitude in check, right? Coming up with your own plan and actually following your own plan With the understanding that everything you write down on that sheet of paper, that's like your your goal list, it should intimidate you. Everything that you write down on your action list, most of it should make you uncomfortable because if you just have a bunch of super easy steps written down on your piece of paper, that's not a business. It's not a business at all. You mentioned the word cash flow and business. And I think there is further confusion here because a lot of people will do like a flip and they'll be talking about it in terms of business, like, oh, I bought this, I sold this, this is my business. Not really, you know, something with steady and consistent cash flow. This is not a full-blown definition of a business, but a one-time thing isn't a business. You know, an action that you do now and then isn't a business. You know, I can do tattoos, I can whip out my tattoo machine and I can do a tattoo anytime. It doesn't mean it's a business, right? That's a side job. A business is something that brings in a steady cash flow, right? So either it's a a hobby that you do all the time, those same things, shoveling snow, doing tattoos, electrician work, whatever. If you do it consistently and it makes a cash flow, sure, that is a business, but many times it's not. So a lot of times people are thinking even like uh, Forex trading and uh, day trading stocks, like I have nothing against these things, but people talk about them as if it's a business and it's really not, It's it's a series of independent actions. They don't have any customers, right? They don't have any customers. You're just you're just flipping things over and over and over. I'm not taking it away from it. You still have to be consistent. You still have to set your own schedule. You still have to be disciplined. You still can't make excuses, right? You still have to be accountable to your own decisions and learn from them and all that stuff. But you don't really have to deal with other people. You don't really have to resist right all the things in our type of business, you know. I, I every day I have to overcome going on camera, doing this podcast. I honestly, I'm I'm actually tired. You know, I am actually in the process of burning out. We've been so busy. I am giving myself weekends to decompress. And I think I canceled last weekend, right? I had another podcast. I didn't want to double them up. And this is too much. I pushed it to this week. So these are all things that you won't ever have to deal with if you're not trying to run your own business. But again, the sky is not the limit when you're an employee. You can build wealth as an employee. You can have a much easier life. You know, all things considered less stress in your life as an employee. But when you do ultimately gain control, because you said control here, when you do finally gain control of your life, and I know you're not there yet completely, Levi, but there is nothing like it. Oh, there's nothing like it coming from me from poverty to being able to buy whatever food I want and just eat it. I remember dad saying, like, I paid for it. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) <laughs> I never understood that feeling. <laughs> now it feels great. Ah, I don't care because I feel like it, it doesn't mean overindulgence. It just feels good to be in control. It feels good to do what you want. Feels good to overcome all these obstacles because every single thing, again, that's good for you, you resist it like a hurdle. Overcoming every one of those feels good over and over. Overcoming every one of those is what you need to do to build a business anyways. And that finally gives you everything you need to be in total control of your life
3: yeah it's always a consistent working towards these things it's not like these like you get so good at overcoming things that you're you're never going to have that feeling again where you're just caught up and oh should i do this or should i not i did have so much resistance in the beginning you know going up to people but i'm surprised i went up to people after high school, I, I didn't really have too many like friends and and people that were close to me, so really all I had was myself and, and getting out, working with people in person, and but it, it's been a struggle. And honestly, like the past couple of podcasts I've been on, this is exactly what we're talking about. You know, just overcoming this. I, I feel if I feel you know, last time I was in the midst of quitting coffee, I was like, well, Ryan wants me on his podcast. I- I'm going to go. I don't, I don't really care how I feel. I'm, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And you learn the rest of the way it's taking that initial step because no matter what happens, if you, even if, so if you ask that girl out and they, they just spin your face or whatever, or whatever happens. I mean, now you have learned what not to do next time. And I guess that's kind of like what I've, done with with so many people i've a lot of it's with my family you know just uh, pushing stuff with my family because i care you know obviously a lot so much about them but i had to learn how to talk with people through my family basically and it's helped me out a lot with uh, i mean relationships and everything because i mean it it does get it can get lonely i'm gonna say that in the beginning where you're cutting off your old life and cutting off the things that you used to do to, in order to um, incorporate more things in your life. It it really, it's taking steps out into the desert and there's, there's not much, but you you gotta, you know, there's not much money. There's not much resources wherever you're at. I I happen to be in a pretty, I was born into a nice family. I was born into a house and I, I didn't have to go into a, a deep struggle, struggle like you, and be homeless and stuff and but i've i've had my own set of challenges uh, with with so many personal things and overcoming that i mean when i was in school originally i was so uh, in like high school even talking like i was just such a nervous person i mean people had no idea who i was really and just simply talking with anybody is a a startling thing, I guess, when you just don't have the energy to you don't have the focus or anything it's hard really hard to push even just simple things it's It's outside of the realm of business you know just getting uh, in conversations these days because we're so in and developed in their phones and that's
0: definitely an added difficulty. the fact that everybody has the most distracting device that's ever been created in their pockets. I'm very fortunate not to have grown up in that time, and I was a late adopter, and I'm honestly fortunate now that we're so busy that I literally don't have time to scroll. I've never scrolled on Twitter. You know, I've ne- I don't scroll on Instagram. I kind of just like the first thing that I see on it, <laughs> and just if you watch a few stories, <laughs> but it, it's literally five minutes a day. You know, Use these things rather than let them use you. That's not an obvious thing to a lot of people. A lot of young guys, you know, they're talking to me about depression. Girls, too. It's usually young people, so I use guys and girls rather than men and women, but they are spending hours and hours and hours and hours scrolling. It's not a cliche. You know, people are doing this for hours and hours and hours and hours, and it is destroying them, and it is stealing all their time to do anything productive, right? The state of watching television or consuming content passively, the state is mild depression. So if you're just scrolling, you're you're in mild depression all the time. Not, not going to get out of depression without doing something. And the simple fact is scrolling is not doing anything. Commenting is not doing anything. It's not building anything. It's not building a business. So yeah, gearing your efforts towards things that are productive is a total, uh, it's a total 360 for a lot of people. You know, just by accident, they haven't structured their life at all. If you don't swim, the tide will pull you out, right? If you don't structure your time at all and you don't pay attention to these things at all, you could find yourself literally not reading one book in a whole year. Not making one list about business idea or about goals, about desires for the future, medium term, things you want, not getting anything done, not building any business, not putting one brick towards that wall. So you have to consciously, again, if you don't swim, the tide pulls you out. You have to consciously spend your time doing things that are productive and things even like in my life, like some things I had to realize were not that productive. Like, okay, I like reading, but. Any book doesn't mean it's productive. I like reading about architecture. I kind of had to stop. It's just not helping me at all. It's not helping my business. It's not helping my life. It's not helping my finances. Just have to pile in more and more things that end up producing results rather than stagnation or or just, again, distraction. It's so easy to be distracted. So easy to just go to work and be distracted. And I'm, I'm not bashing work too, right? This is, I wanted to include this in the conversation. There are a lot of gurus out there that are like, It's just a total scam to be an employee. Well, no, it's not, right? No, it's not. In many ways, I sometimes fantasize about my life as a loser because I did get to see friends whenever I wanted, you know, got to uh, hang out with girls whenever I wanted. And yeah, I was hungry and life sucks in poverty. It does. But having all that time, you know, time to do whatever you want without pressure I do think it's the leading cause of depression and I was depressed, but that still have that feeling that if it had less to do, it would somehow be better. So that's that whole resisting happiness thing. We, we actually know for a fact that being busier is actually more happy In idleness. You know, we tend to deteriorate pretty quickly and even, you know, these longest lived peasant people, I mean, they keep working until they're very old, right? Keep doing something. They don't just sit around It's times
3: to sit around, but it
0: can't be constant.
3: Yeah. For, I was, actually, I got to throw in like, I was really getting slow, slowed down, so, so business is doing good. I was, I was starting to get blowing up on social media. I mean, I got somewhere to about 16,000 followers, posting four times a day and all that stuff. And I was trying at the time to get verified on Instagram. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And it was taking a bit of time. I was really looking forward to get that because it's such a trust factor. It's, you know, when you have that blue check mark by your name, it's such a, yeah, I can immediately trust these people and what they're doing, what they're selling, and what they're saying, and all this stuff. And I got this one message. I don't even know if it was from email, if it was from, a text message or whatever looked pretty official from Instagram and everything. But they said that I had to, I had to go on through this process and I had to get WhatsApp and then they were sending me codes and I would just have to tell them the codes. It wasn't even from the Instagram app or anything. So I was, I was totally caught off guard and at this time, you know, everything's blowing up. My mind was just so focused on getting back to messages all the time and and getting these orders through you know getting the cash flow and nourishing the business but i let my guard down for uh it was probably i mean that whole process probably took 20 minutes i was just in the whole midst of everything and not paying attention and i, I gave the guy the codes and I, I go on my instagram all of a sudden my my email's lost from that account and my my phone's lost from that account so i, I can't go back and recover it in any way and instagram don't know they don't have any support center or calling center of any kind they don't have literally one thing but i got cut off at the head i i was doing really good i mean it was pretty much middle of harvest season in the business and I, i got hacked i was cut off from that account i i got really really depressed about that the biggest thing was that I, I knew it was me. I immediately blamed it all on me. I, I'm not going to blame it on this hacker. Uh, that that was extremely important for me because I could have easily went on a whole tangent. Like I usually do. I, I've gotten scammed. Uh, oh, I tried that and I got scammed. Know,
0: so it didn't work. So I'm not going to try again.
3: <laughs> I originally got scammed on like uh, a CSGO trading website. It's so it's a, there's this game they have in game you know, knives and skins and all this stuff. And you can gamble online and that. And I basically gave my stuff away to some guy that said he would bring a, a giveaway for us. And, you know, I thought that was the end of it. You know, I thought that was the end of getting pulled into something, but essentially what was happening with the business. I was, I was nourishing, nourishing it so much. I mean, I would, Every, I mean, I was doing messages probably ten hours a day, or I don't even know. I, I really, it was so just busy. But then I let down my guard. I let down the guard for protecting everything that I had built up to, and it all just went. I mean, it doesn't matter if I went and to the church and got saved, or we went and did I did everything right? You know, if I'm a good person, it doesn't matter if you're a good person or not. You're gonna. You got to protect it. It's it's so essential for just the survival of your business. Like it's online. It, you wouldn't think that there's m- too much to protect, but like it, it can happen so quickly like that. And the thing I got so depressed about was just like, how can I let this happen again? I was like, seriously, I'm like, I let my guard down this much. How, how is that possible? And I, you know, I look back immediately and just uh, really this, was a huge lesson for me. You know, I'm. I, I look back and I wasn't being mindful at the time. i went I, I still have to practice that so much. Being mindful and just being present in every single situation that's coming up. I wasn't present when this guy messaged me. You know, obviously, I for, for Christ's sake, Haywood was screaming. The my other business partner, he's just you know telling me this guy's it's a hacker. He's he's getting into your account. He's He's changing the phone number. I'm like, no, it's just a verifier, man. You're you're good. Don't worry about it. It's chill. And then he calls me on the phone. He's like, yeah, you see your story? I'm like, no. He's like, there's a Bitcoin story on your story. I'm like, ah! And I pretty much just, uh, that's when the ego died, I guess. (laughs) Got a couple of ego deaths, but. So. This podcast is kind of negative,
0: but I I think this negativity is required for a proper balanced conversation about doing business. Again, a lot of people are very confused about what business is and what it's not. It's not all good. It's also not all bad. It's just a lot more. It's sort of more of everything. It is pretty chaotic. And I didn't want to be the boss of my business when I first started this business. I don't mean distributing supplements. I mean, forming it all into an actual entity. It's called Notice Media Collective. That's my actual business name in Canada. It just means all this stuff is housed under that, right? The Amazon book sales and the the YouTube sales or YouTube AdSense, Google AdSense payments and whatever. It's, it's all under this umbrella of this company, Notice Media. We do sell supplements. We do write books. We do all this other stuff. But when I first started that company, I asked my friend to be the CEO. I didn't want to be the CEO. I didn't want to be the person who made all the financial decisions. I mean, even today, I try and distance myself from these things. I know I have to make decisions. And once something is happening, you know, I kind of just want to step away from it. Like, oh, man, I don't even want to know how much international shipping is costing me right now. I have lost many thousands of dollars on bad deals, too. I haven't got hacked and I haven't got hacked, but. Yeah. These things add up. I mean, I lose more money per year now than I used to make in a year before. (laughs) That's just my losses this year. And that doesn't mean I'm in the negative. It just means, yeah, things happen. Packages go missing and whatnot. Losses happen. You buy something for the business. It turns out not being useful. It's not what you actually needed. It just was a few hundred bucks you wasted. And this stuff just adds up. And so these are the negatives of being a boss. And people should be prepared for these things. This is also why I like to start small, be small. I like to stay small, small as I can uh, within my zone, right? I'm well aware of the Peter principle, which is that in hierarchies, people tend to get promoted beyond their level of competence. So I'm aware that my level of competence ends at being a producer. I like being a producer. I'm best at being a producer, in my opinion, definitely better at producing than I am at managing people. Therefore, I am going to need to hire people in management positions or allow my wife to take that role more fully. I think she kind of likes that role, being a a decision maker. I I don't like that. You know, I I, I kind of bashed working a little bit. Well, I I often bash working. I don't like working. I chose to be homeless rather than work, but work a job. That doesn't mean not work. I like work. I just don't like working a job. But I do like actually just being given a task and just being left left to it. Just leave me alone. <laughs> just let me do my, th- these videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned loneliness. Yeah, it is lonely. Well, it's lonelier when you have to do so much work, right? This is part of the business, right? I could choose to paint in my afternoons when you were here with us. I was painting in my afternoons. I chose to do that, but I can also choose to step this up, step this to the next level, I know I can put in more work. I know the podcast is doing well right now. I know I can step that up. I know I can double or triple my effort on that. It will require some Saturdays like we're doing right now, but it's going to be worth it because that's what takes you to the next income level as well, right? The next lifestyle level. I do want to do bigger things in life at this point. Maybe open a clinic of some kind, you know, or at least have a place where people with the worst cases can come and stay with me. And already I'm at the financial level where I don't really care like the the money for supplements for a month for someone, it, just, it doesn't even matter to me. You know, I'm thinking I might even take these people in for free just so I can film it. And that also removes me from legal liability if they're paying me for this treatment, right? You can just come over and stay with me as friends. Anyways, I'm just saying these big things are not going to happen. I want to run mouse experiments and stuff. This stuff is expensive. It's time consuming. I will need employees. I do need to hire an editor soon. So to step these up to the next level, you have to step up to the next level. You have to do the, the Saturdays and all this. And yes, it's big. Yes, it's scary. It's uncomfortable. A lot of these things, it's boring. A lot of these tasks, I say it all the time, the things that really make me the most money in this business are the boring things. Anytime I try and train people in aspects of this business, people are like, hey, I'm, I'm interested in working with you. What do, what exactly do you do? Even people in my own life, even my wife, you know, I had to drag her into start doing the, start helping me with the boring stuff. And she's saying, well, this stuff is boring. I'm saying, well, yeah, I know I do these things, right? (laughs) Putting in orders is boring. Setting up spreadsheets is boring. Editing videos is boring. I, I don't mind editing videos, but it's also overwhelming. Right now I have like over 15 hours of stuff that I'm behind on editing. So, you know, being the boss gives you all these different jobs. It can be overwhelming. There's a mountain of these different jobs. And yeah, in many ways, I'd like to rather be an employee. And in many ways, I'm orienting my own business towards being an employee myself, hiring somebody to deal with the money, you know, hire an accountant, you deal with the money, whatever, all this stuff so that I only have to work on my tasks. But anyways, to be fully free, to be fully in control where you actually do get to choose like, okay, I'm just going to write books or I'm just going to edit books, you know, I like editing too. No problem. If I'm going to dedicate to any one of these, the the ship has to be sailing on its own, basically, is my point here. It can take years. It's very common for it to take years. That's normal for it to take years for any business to be able to float on its own without you on the steering wheel, without you also trying to mop the deck at the same time, right? You trying to do everything at the same time. You have to work like a madman in many cases for at least a few years before the ship can sail on its own. But then at that point, This is when we really get the benefit. This is when you can paint in your afternoon. If you want, you can take a week off and go take a trip. If you want, you can afford the trip for me and my wife, you know, I love taking her into the grocery store and saying that you can get whatever you want. I'm not rich, you know, but I know she's not going to spend that much money, but just having this freedom, there, there is nothing like it. A lot of people want to deny that, uh, money is a necessity in our modern lives here. And, uh, you know, Levi, I wrote this whole book called I did it for the money and I went into this and I'm not going to labor it too much here. But a lot of these people have never spent a day out in the woods, <laughs> you know, not knowing what it's like to do things <laughs> without money in this modern world and without the uh, type of primitive community you would need to live without money. It's not easy. It's a, it's a fairy tale. So, yeah, this whole money thing, making life easier. Well, the only way that money has made life easier for me has been by buckling down. You know, by overcoming the resistance to happiness and to the things I need to do, you know, uh, I had to be lonely, like you said, and then ego death. Yeah, there's no room for ego here. There's no room for ego here. So that ego death thing, you know, I think that's the uh, final capstone here. in what we're talking about that I think a lot of people have way too much ego to even attempt to run a business, right? If you don't try, you can't fail. If you don't try, you can't fail. If you don't fail, you can't look bad. And you have to fail, right? A lot of people say, fail faster. Just get your failures done first. Get, get them done, get them out of the way. Start a whole bunch of businesses, let them fail, do it quick. So you can get to the success quick. I like that. But the fact that there will be failures, right? That you will not win every customer. Uh, every customer that you actually get, not all of them will be happy. It's just impossible. It's absolutely impossible to satisfy every single customer. It's impossible to sell everybody. It's impossible to be on the good side of everybody. All the most popular people in the world had plenty of haters as well. There's just, there's no way around these things. And people with too big of an ego simply can't handle them. They won't put themselves out there. They won't modify their behavior. They won't admit their mistakes. And I've had serious problems with people with big egos in this business because you have to have a dead ego to be able to be a good uh, presenter, I think, to be able to be a good uh, writer. I think this could be, I guess, a longer conversation to unpack this, but your ego will cause you all kinds of things, especially in business. It'll cause you not to pay attention to your customers' needs. It'll cause you to pay more attention to your own needs. It'll cause you to blame uh, customers instead of blaming yourself for why the interaction went wrong. All, the, all these things, you know, the excuse-itis thing, uh, that is definitely one of the biggest symptoms uh, in ego, ego-itis. And yeah, I don't know any maybe, maybe I do know one or two, but I don't think I know any business owners who do actually have huge egos. And I think what a lot of people see is ego, someone who's comfortable, someone who's confident. That's not ego. I'm comfortable and confident, very comfortable and very confident for the most part, most of the time. But I don't care about people's opinions. That's the ego death. I used to care. I used to care so much. Uh depressed people care a lot. A- anxious people care the most, right? They're always thinking about what other people think of them. They're judging themselves. They're thinking about how other people are judging them. That's ego. When your ego's dead, you just don't care anymore. When your ego's dead, you just get up on stage and do your business. You know, it doesn't mean you're up there as a slob. It just means that your attention is not really on what you're wearing and all that stuff. All that stuff is in the background. You're just doing your job. You don't really care about the critics confident in what you do. You're there to handle the criticisms if they're there. Handle the objections if they're there. You know how to handle the objections if they're there. There's just no room for ego, right? The, uh, the situation that you are in that most people are in at the beginning when they start social media, for example, you start with zero followers, right? You put your heart and soul, well, maybe not, but you put something into your videos or your posts on Instagram or your stories or your lives. You do something and no one watches it. Or five people watch it, two people watch it, ten people watch it. People with egos can't handle this. People who are in the process of having their egos killed or who have already had their egos killed, they can sit there and look at it and say, okay, what can I do to be better? So that more people will watch it, right? Rather than just going, oh, I know one wants to watch this. Ah, oh, YouTube's stupid, man. YouTube algorithm, you know, if you're small, you can never make it, right? Excusitis this is what egos is. Egos don't take responsibility egos don't take responsibility. So you will have your ego broken if you are doing social media. I think, I think most people will experience that. That's just, it's, it can be so hard and so disheartening. You can put so much work into things that do so poorly. Like I would say the videos that I've spent the most time on overall, and the ones that I thought would do the best, the ones that my heart were in it the most, they did the least numbers. They did. I was looking at it the other day. Like, man, I remember making some of these videos. I can't believe after three years, only 400 people watched that video. Wow, I thought that video would get thousands of views. And then some other video that is like just a throwaway video for us, it did get thousands of views. It can screw with your ego if you have an ego, right? But if you can can drop the ego or if you're fortunate enough to have your ego killed, then yeah, you can look at things realistically. You can just simply evaluate your performance objectively and say, okay, I need to do more need to do less of this. Maybe you need to do more of this. Maybe I need to do more editing, right? When in doubt, edit. <laughs> I'm going to edit this talk up. It's going to sound great. So yeah, your ego's dead. That's fantastic. That's what you need to be the boss, I think. I think the Hollywood image of this uh, egomaniac boss, I think that's actually a very rare thing because egomaniacs can't deal with people very well. They can do uh, predatory professions, but not one that they actually have to steer the ship. They're not very good at it, I think. and. Uh, that's corroborated too, by the way, in like psychopath literature. I don't really like that, that genre anymore. But yeah, they, some of them have pointed out some of these misconceptions. Like, no, they're actually not very good bosses and stuff. They're, they're not very good in the workforce in many, many, many cases. There's only certain professions that uh, they do better in. Anyway, so for the rest of us, most businesses, most of the time, especially with dealing with customers, anything in the customer field, anything, you know, you, your business makes a mistake, the website makes a glitch. I'm sorry, right? Somebody else made a mistake. Catherine said something weird. It offended somebody. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the one that's sorry. Because that's what customer service is. Putting your ego aside. Taking responsibility for everything. Everything you possibly can. It's just not something you can do with an ego. So I think we've covered the good and the bad pretty well, Levi. You only mentioned one other thing I wanted to comment on. You talked about how before this business, you would sleep in all the way till 8 o'clock and uh yeah a lot of people would be like well that's not that late me i'm like that's late eight is late. eight is late it even rhymes me Me now oh my i wake up at like four now yeah eight is late that rhymes that's how we know it's true yeah so
3: five is alive
0: (laughs) four Yeah. yeah whatever eight is late but yeah now you know that once you get in this flow of things once you have your routine powering you right you routine forces you to do things or you feel weird if you don't do them. Once you have all that, you've definitely become a lot more productive. Your business is growing faster than anybody else I've seen in this business, including myself. I didn't start with Instagram. So even though you had that hiccup, you've started out stronger than anybody I know. I know some other people in the business, but not in my business. You know, I don't know anybody who's been as successful as you have as fast as you have. And I know the numbers don't look like that much right now because that's how this business works but I promise you're off to an amazing start. And I bet your image of what being a boss was is a lot different now
3: than it was a year ago. So dramatically. I mean, you never really understand the full concept of everything that we've talked about here, but yeah, getting cut off at the head with my, my account like that. I, I don't mean to put it in such a dramatic type of metaphorical language because I put my head back right on and honestly, the consistent part being consistent and keeping producing and and keeping the energy flow and the momentum, I could have easily stopped right there and I could have easily went back into the, into just hanging out with people. That's another thing. Like we have social media, but then we also have all these friends too. Like even before social media, we have friends that just like waste our time and everything. And, you know, you just start going to the people that aren't going to help your success and future unconsciously because you're just looking for something to do rather than lag on your own mistakes and stuff so it's it's been a wake-up call in the sense that i need to just really just shift everything all of my my friends to everything i'm doing on social media i mean i I can find myself i mean even these days just scrolling a little bit here and there i'm like like, wake up (laughs) on YouTube here here for like 10 minutes. I know you don't got that big of uh, that issue, but like, I mean, since I've been getting uh, a lot less busy, I guess it's just, uh, it's been hard to stay consistent, but I'm, I'm really forcing myself. And this is just the thing. Like, I don't like it. I don't really enjoy doing, I mean making four videos a day and then publishing them on three different platforms and and doing all this work every single day. But it, if I don't do it, it feels so weird. My day feels so strange. It feels like it, it just adds on to the depression, right? Or just uh, the empty time of just thinking about mm-hmm. things. So okay, I've, I've just, I've put and dedicated my mornings to taking that time. And people, and, by the way, I think
0: yeah. a lot of people would be like, these guys sound like workaholics, you know, you sound like, <laughs> like, like sad when you're not working. Well, I don't know. My wife says this on days she doesn't work out. She says, you know, I, I don't know if I'm like a have a problem. I don't know if I'm just addicted to working out, but I just feel off today. I didn't work out today. Well, yeah, same for me too. But I mean, these primitive people out there, they don't really get days off, right? They you have to wake up every day. You have you have to feed the chickens. You have to you have to sweep the stones. You you have to work. You have to till the fields in the spring. You have to, you know. Watch the fields in the summer, you got to harvest them in the fall, you have to do these things. So without that pressure, this is why I wrote down the word pressure a couple times on my sheet of paper, that pressure is a good thing. And out there in the wild, in our natural environment, the human environment, whether we're an agricultural society or hunting gathering, you have to do these things. There's no choice. You have to do them, right? So it only sounds like workaholism when we're the ones forcing ourselves to do it, but that's because... In this society, you don't have to do anything. You can sit around and watch Netflix and get welfare. Honestly, you can. You can stay at your mom's house until you're 40 years old. You know, my mom's in robust health right now. I could be living with her at 33 years old. just doing nothing. You can do that in this world. You don't have to wake up and feed the chickens. If you want to run your own business, you do have to do this stuff. And I think it feels good. So it's not like you being depressed when you're not doing it. It's like you've learned what the natural flow of things is like. You're supposed to wake up. Feeling like you know what you're supposed to do, right? The peasant doesn't wake up and be like, oh, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do with my life? Who am I going to be? Should I be in a different career right now? Am I really happy? They don't have to ask any of these questions to themselves. They have to get up and feed the chickens, right? Period. They have to help their mom do the soup or something. It's crushed the bones. Got, you, ha- you have to do these things. There is no choice. So the fact that we have to create our own pressure, that's one of the hard things about being a business owner about being a boss. That is one of the difficult things, but I think we're actually recreating more of a natural environment. Again, the natural person is supposed to wake up knowing what to do and you just do them. You can sit around a little bit. You can siesta in the afternoon. You can hang around the fire and drink wine in the evening, but you have to do the things every single day. And if you do take an entire day off, or like you said, you know, suddenly just maybe you didn't uh, write enough things down on your to-do list for that day. I used to get this all the time. Finish my work at like you know one o'clock in the afternoon, and I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> wouldn't know what to do with the rest of my day. Now I afford myself to paint because I want to do that, right? But before, when I was obsessed with doing the business, I would often run out of tasks and have this empty feeling because you have to fill up your whole day if you're the boss, right? You have to set your own schedule, and if you finish at one o'clock, then you screwed up your schedule. You have to you have to figure out something to put on your schedule, um, or it will feel empty. One o'clock is weird. You're not supposed to just be sitting around unless you're siestaing, but you know. You're not, you're not supposed to run out of work. Chickens need to be fed every day, every day. So it's very normal to work. Work is salvation, in my opinion. I know it was on the gates of Auschwitz or whatever, but <laughs> I believe it. Work is the salvation. And it's, it's tough when you have to come up with your own schedule. You, you can make excuses. Nobody's watching you, all that stuff. But once you do, it does feel good. That's the time when being a boss does feel good. But I don't think you have to be the boss of a business to have that feeling. Just being in control of your own time and doing something you enjoy, of course, obviously, at least to some degree, this makes it all worth it. It makes it easy. You just, again, you wake up, you read. It's not, you don't have to resist it anymore. It's just become natural. It's just the thing you do, you know, even handling the customers. It's very stressful for me, actually. It's the most stressful part of the job, but it becomes natural after a while. Just accepting that this is the task that needs to be done. There's no way I can fight with it. It needs to be done, period
3: yeah like what you said natural like it's just like brushing your teeth you just it's something second nature like i don't really i don't dread reading in the morning i actually want to get done with books i'm like i'm you know i'm I'm cranking through material writing notes down and stuff and making sure i understand and then being present in that uh time a lot of these things have just worked i mean in the past six months it's a, a crazy i mean i I've had a lot of, a lot of time to work on myself and working on myself has benefited much more than anything else. And even the business, uh, you know, working on myself is by far what has gotten me to this, this point And I, I need to work on myself a lot more too. Like I've, I mean, we, we've talked a lot, a lot about things here, but I, I mean, Consistencies is where you nail these things out or I mean over a long period of time, you've been doing it for eight years. so I, I'm expecting these things to get more or much more comfortable and it has been I, I've been uh, when I was initially doing protocols, I started doing them at your house and stuff, uh, like actually getting a good structure laid out and everything. me and you do protocols so differently. By the way. protocols
0: just means ri- writing out the advice basically for people who come to us with health problems.
3: Yeah, <laughs> thanks for explaining it. And I, I'm m- so much more confident. I mean, there's so many little little problems people come up with, and little objections. And oh, my doctor said salt was bad for me, and uh, you know, I'm I'm taking this cholesterol drug, and this is a uh, this is doing me good. And you know, you got to take people like that, and there's all sorts of different things that you got to deal with in the customer service spectrum of business but it's gotten so much easier so so much easier than just doing it on a computer too has gotten me just so much more productive but anyway i do probably eight protocols day something like that it's been for the past week it's been pretty busy but you know, before I'd have to reach out to so many people, it wasn't really easy. These are all people coming in. They're like, Oh, what's the 90 essential nutrients. What's a, what's this free. So at the beginning your schedule
0: thing? at the beginning, your schedule consisted mostly of messaging people, right? Trying to drum up interest.
3: And yeah, just handling yeah, yeah. Yeah. After re- reading out uh, crushing it, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to need to uh, be on my phone, probably like 14 hours a day and <laughs> messaging people, reaching out. That, that was the beginning when I had like 200 followers, I was messaging uh, as many people as Instagram would let me. I mean, I was probably like, I mean, between comments and messages, over 50 of those a day, easily just picking people. Some get back if they do great. You know, it's very like you're filtering through everybody that's that you're in contact with. And It was pretty slow, but it was working out for me. I still I got a bunch of messages back, you know. And then when I was at your house, I I was like, I got twenty messages, but they're all just like, you know, me reaching out. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for following me, and you know, they get back. Now I just if I'm reaching out to people, I'm immediately just getting right to that point with them. I'll be like, Hey, how's it going? Thanks for following me, and then they usually get back. I get back to them, with basically, I'm reaching out to you because I want to do this health evaluation thing that we do and if you get back to the questions i can give you a full laid out protocol blah, blah blah
0: i love that tell them what to expect this is grant cardone again the perfect sale this is the most transparent sale that's what he says the perfect sale is a transparent sale so it just says what's up this is what i like how you phrase that too it's what i want to do i want to give you this health protocol so they're not thinking what does this guy really want for me <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> You're just saying hi to everybody what's the angle here tell them the angle we sell yeah. supplements. We do these health evaluations.
3: Yeah, and like my my profile, well, all both of our profile pictures. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had my friend over yesterday, and I, I was showing him the the cookbook, and he, he's just he's looking at Wallach's face uh, on on the front. He's like, "That's just a guy that looks like he he wants to steal your money." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm like, I never thought of it that way. Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever. And then, like well with my uh, cross you know it's just like yeah you have to be so direct and get the point out but keeping on messaging people like when i when i lost my account with 16000 whatever and all my messages went with it and everything everything went with it i had to originally go back to what i was doing in the beginning and i wasn't doing it for long it was probably like like a week or two until people would start hitting me up but i've noticed that the, the posting is mainly like the biggest form of prospecting online is the exposure they say to prospect with like about 25 percent of your time but a lot of it's just from that post i mean there's people popping in they're already interested
0: i spend zero percent of time prospecting now that's how it should be once you well, that's how it should be on the internet. Once you get this ball rolling, like you said, more people see the message and they should come to you with what? A genuine question. That's where we jump off from the genuine question. You don't have to spend any percent of your time prospecting. If you get to where we're at right now, we're at the point where I can't even handle all the prospects in a day, at least not every day. Today, Saturday, I had to tap out. <laughs> I had to tap out earlier. <laughs> Said so I, I, I got to do this podcast with Levi. I simply can't handle all the people right now. There is still 18 emails. My goodness, there's 18 emails. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on on the Instagram. Right. You know, I did most of them this morning and there's more there. I'm just saying that once you get to that point, you have to do any prospecting. There's more prospects than I can personally even handle, even with help now at this point. So Levi, I just wanted to throw one more thing in there. Earlier, I kind of got a little bit off topic, but I mentioned one of the ways that uh, I avoid uh, boss burnout is by going a bit slower. And one of my favorite books of all time, by the way, is called In Praise of Slow by Carl Honare, H-O-N-A-R-E, In Praise of Slow. And since reading that book years ago, I don't know when it was, it was years ago, I really have tried to slow things down. And this doesn't mean do less, it just means be more present in the moment and focused on what you are doing when you are doing it. You're not thinking about the next thing. You're not sitting down with one customer thinking about when you're going to leave, right? Thinking about when you can burst in and give them a lecture, right? you know, just waiting for them to shut up so you can talk. You're there being patient, you're there to listen. And in uh, my producer life, being slow, I think has really, really helped me. Again, it doesn't mean being lazy, it just Like we were talking about boring earlier, man, these recordings, some of them are an hour, two hour, three hour, just got to sit down, take it slow. You know, if you're uh, all agitated, waiting to get to the next thing, you're not going to sit down and do something that requires two, three, four, five, six hours of your focused attention. So one of the other ways is by being slow to change. I just wanted to throw this in there that when I make a decision, first of all, it's probably going to take me a while to make that decision. I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to hum and haw on it. Even little things, buying a tool. I don't want to buy the wrong tool. And if I'm really going to buy this tool, I'm going to decide ahead of time if I'm really going to use it. All this stuff, is it the right tool? If I'm going to buy this tool, if I'm going to invest in this thing, this software, this product, if I'm going to invest in this thing, is it this one that I want? I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to compare. I'm going to ask people. I'm going to do all this work for any decision. Some things that might seem very, very small and insignificant, but when I make a decision, I want it to be the right decision. Uh, it's slow to happen. I'm slow to make a decision. I'm slow to commit to something in many cases, most cases, and hopefully more cases, because you don't want to uh, jump into something. Sleeping on an idea is you a know, very, very basic minimum of postponing the time of decision making. And that could sound like procrastination. But if you make too many bad decisions, your business falls apart. And, and when I do make a decision, when I do make a change, I also want to be able to test that. You know, So I want, to, I want to be slow to make that decision. When I make it, it's firm and final. We're not quick to change our mind on that. you know. Once it's done, it's done. It's going to be slow to change that thing as well. It's why I want to take my time and make the, make the right decision. And this is everything. This is content strategy. right? What am I going to devote this year to? We just started a year. Well, it's March, but it still feels like the beginning of the year. What am I going to spend this year on? I have an idea of what I'm going to spend my whole year on. Right? So if something new wants to insert itself, I'm really going to dwell on that decision. Big, big, big time you know, I'm a donkey, just I'm going to keep moving and slow and steady. But if I want to change something, like you were talking about change and how change is a very rapid thing in, in your life at this point. then I'm saying, no, I don't like that. I don't like things changing too much. It makes this ship harder to steer. I like stability. I like the schedule. I like the routine. I like just being solid. I like being there. I like knowing that my customers know I'm going to be there. You know, I'm going to be there, right? You Levi distributors, you know, I'm going to be there like being solid as a rock. I don't want to make too many changes. I don't want to uh, have everybody on board not know what's going on, right? If I was making all these changes all the time, you might not know what's going on. You might not know how to get a hold of me, when to get a hold of me. You might not just not be able to be on the same page, right? So slow to change. I am slow to change. It's, it's kind of an off-topic thing there, but I think it's, it's worth it. A lot of people are too quick to jump ship. A lot of people are way too quick to give up. Way too quick to give up. So, if I've decided something such as doing this business, I made that decision. I hummed and hawed over it for months. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do tattoos anymore. I'm not going to. I was planning on uh, doing a publishing company at that time. I said, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to throw away this plan that I have been working on because I'm going to do this other thing. But then it was full commitment. And that's what got us here. Lots of people dropped out along the way because. You know, they're too fast to change, basically too fast to change, too fast to make decisions. And if you don't let something set in, in some cases like this podcast here, I've been doing this podcast for about three years, almost exactly three years. It didn't start taking off until about six months ago. So it it was basically a waste of time before six months ago. I made $52 on here from Spotify. They paid me $52 and then they cut me off. Now I'm at 1.5 million views today, listens today. That would be 15 grand if they were still paying me one penny per listen, but they cut me off. Just saying that if I was faster to change, I would also probably be faster to give up and I would have given up on this podcast already, you know, many times, many things. I've been doing YouTube for years. I do make some money on YouTube, but overall, it has not been a successful venture yet, but it never will be successful unless I keep going. And maybe if I made some more changes, maybe it would happen faster. I don't know. But I know that the ship is still going forward. Slow but steady is fine with me because the bank account also grows slow but steady. <laughs> and then it gets faster, right? Then the assets grow slow but steady. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look back because you're caught up in work and just doing what needs to be done. All of a sudden, you're wealthy or on your way to wealth. I'm not wealthy yet. I'm on my way to wealth. But I feel more and more wealthy all the time. And it's this pace. It's this consistency, like you mentioned it's this routine, it's this discipline. These are all words that are not sexy and that a lot of young people don't want to uh, wrap their lives around these words, taking responsibility, customer service, you know, consistency and waking up early <laughs> and all this stuff. But this is definitely what changed my life. And uh, I think we're heading
3: in a really great direction, both of us. Surely, and I'd, I'd have to say that, that uh, the slow book is by Carl Honor, I see really slow is beautiful. And I guess with like change, I'm such an ambitious person and I'm always looking for like other areas to change, but I, I can be slow with that too. Well, you just can't jump around too much, slow. right?
0: You can't just be like, okay, I'm going to be a YouTuber. And then in, in two months it doesn't work. So, okay, I'm going to switch to podcast and you know, I've yeah, to do a it, bunch of these things simultaneously, but try not to give up on any of them until it's,
3: a real decision basically it's not you just giving up yeah like there's a lot of different things i have been like considering and directions to go but i think at the end end of the day it's kind of just the same and i've changed like if i change up a little bit i've I've been incorporating this uh my posture is bad for everybody that does not know and i work on the computer a lot i I got a hunchback I, i gave my pictures to a postural therapist and he's telling me to do these, these posture routines. It's a, it's some, it's a big challenge for me. <laughs> just, just doing postural workouts in the doctor two yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Reese and to do in the morning and the afternoon and to keep at it. Like at the afternoon is the hardest for me to do in the morning, I, I do it right away before I even read because I, it's the thing that I just have a trouble with Get your uh, priorities done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like that alone is just, it's it's changed a lot of things i i want to work out more my my friend was over uh, yesterday again he's he like pulls my shirt and then he's like bro you got twiggy arms like yeah i haven't done anything in like two months (laughs) Don't go out that much i've just been working and grinding here just on the computer (laughs) well man up here we got a shovel in the winter I'm feeling jacked totally different <laughs> I got a I got one of those snow blower things oh geez
0: <laughs> we broke the shovel this month it's it's uh beginning of March right now it's it's spring basically down for a lot of people most people listening it's probably either springtime or they uh, never really even experience winter a lot of you guys down there in uh, California and Texas and whatnot but yeah up here in March it's still the dead of winter <laughs> it's not spring yet but we broke our shovel in february so oh yeah i've been getting extra extra workout recently don't feel like buying a new shovel at the end of winter i
3: feel like a jerk doing that but anyway so you gotta shovel your whole driveway oh uh, yeah oh okay you guys probably get like three feet of snow sometimes or like
0: well this winter's actually been pretty merciful this has been the easiest winter i've ever seen up here but even now like yeah the, the we have piles of snow in every direction you have to excavate basically the driveway every day so I've got these big hills that you, you have to push it up, up the hill you have to walk up the hill to dump the snow every time basically, you can't just chuck it because it turns oh, wow. into big piles, right, so you mm-hmm. have to basically run up the hill, this is for the back of the house and then there's three different, uh, these like ski hills that we've created on the front yard so yeah, you've got to travel up the hill and then dump it at the back of the hill so we've got these huge piles, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild actually, children could toboggan children could sled on our front lawn for sure that's very normal up here also we're on kind of a little corner and just it just so happens to pile up there and yeah some years you look out the window and all you see is snow (laughs) you don't see it covers the window (laughs) it's crazy it's not an exaggeration very heavy snow area up here so levi i think uh we've had a good talk here i think this would be helpful again especially for those younger people maybe even some older people You know, people midlife that are like, you know, do I really want to keep doing this job for the rest of my life? Do I really want to start my own business? Well, anybody can start their own business, not just our type of business. So many different types. You can, you got to do it on the side. If you already have a job, then, you know, your overheads should be low. You know, you treat something as a side hustle. You treat the customers good. Maybe you do the social media thing on the, the same time promoting the same business. I don't know. It's definitely possible, but probably will take longer than you expected. Probably will cost more than you expected. Probably will be harder than you expected. And that's just it. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. But you will have to resist all those difficult things, all those uncomfortable things, all those tough decisions. You will have to overcome the resistance to doing those things in order to be successful. Levi, you got any closing words here?
3: was a really good close. And I I just got to say, really looking forward to to it. just carrying on this business and keep, uh, keep it on sailing the ship because I know it's set in such a, a beautiful direction. I mean, I, I never thought this was going to happen. <laughs>
0: no, Levi, you're doing fantastic. You're so much younger than me. You're so far ahead of it. You're presenting yourself like you are older and more mature. And I'm sure a lot of people think you're older than you are, actually. Even though you do have a young face, you still you're presenting yourself well. And so I'm saying this, you're just at the very beginning. You are going to be a superstar in this. That's for real. That's not just me just hyping you up and edifying you. I said, I like being number two. I hope that you or Dr. Reese or somebody gets bigger than me so that I can be the number two. Cause I'm a better number two than I am a number one. I think, I think, I do think you are going to get that. I do think you are going to cultivate the large audience. I think you will be better than me at speaking this and I'm not just using myself as the benchmark. I tried to get better than the people who taught me, right? That's the goal, right? It's the second generation of skateboarders. They can dust their elders, right? They can learn the kickflip. No problem. You had to, you had to invent all this stuff. We just pick it up, right? So the, the Dr. Wallachs and the Ben Fuchses and all those, you know, Dr. Gliddens and the people who put all this stuff together for years and years and years, they made it easy for me to learn this, right? And I've distilled it down another level. Now it should be even easier for you to learn it. You have picked it up way quicker than I did. So when we're talking eight years down the road now, I do think you're going to be a superstar Uh, for both superstars. That's okay. But I don't really want, (laughs) I don't want to be in that role, but I'd be happy (laughs) to be uh, the leader of your media team or something like that. You know, that would be cool. And I guess that's an even better closing thing that teamwork really is what gets things done just in general. Teamwork really is the difference maker. Being a boss is only one position within a team. Being a boss is not a position that everybody is best suited to. If you are not best suited to it, then you need to have a little bit of a weird business structure like I do. I can't treat you like a boss because I'm not a good boss. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm actually a <laughs> jerk, truthfully. If, I, if it was really just all about the way I wanted things done, I would be a drill sergeant. But I know people don't work like that. And so... You have to be basically very independent to work with me because I won't allow you to work for me because I'll be a slave driver in that case. And that won't be pleasurable for either of us anyways, bit of a rant, but the number two positions, a heck of a (laughs) position, you know, you can be rich, you can be happy. You can have less responsibility than the person who is the uh, star of the show, right? The CEO, the performer, whatever you can be the performer. If you want, make sure you get good people on your team as well. I'm just saying teamwork, teamwork. That's what's, underrated right boss being the boss it's overrated if you don't consider all this stuff we talked about today being the boss is so overrated and what's most underrated is being part of a good team right not everybody can be the lead guitarist you need the rhythm guitar and the drums to be a band there's no band without the rhythm right there's no band without that consistent rhythm right consistency right we got to hold it all together We do need people who are best at this and best at that. We do need to work together for a common goal. People need to put their egos aside and work their hardest to make the speaker look the best, right? A good editor, your job is to make them look better, right? So putting your ego aside and finding out where you fit into a team, that is where I really, really think. um, That's where I think we're winning right now because we're not fighting each other. We're not walking over each other. You know, we're not barking all over each other. Everybody has their own role. We all stay in our own lane and it allows us to stay consistent and I'm looking for more team members, you know, to fit into this again. And people who don't want to just be the boss and who don't have that ego and uh, who are willing to just be team players. That's what, that's what the world needs. That's what I need. I think you're doing great, Levi. I'm happy to have you on the team. I know we're kind of loosely conjoined here, but we are still doing basically the same thing for a common goal. And when we get together on things like this, you know, Maybe that's when we're working closest together. But hey, it's still a team effort, as far as I'm concerned.
3: I, I, this is uh, something I've just been recently realizing. Like, I don't really get too much energy from from doing what I uh, protocols and stuff, and and working with people individually as much as it seems like I would want to do that. But I, I am designed, I feel, just to be the the face, the person that gets everybody together and. and for this common cause and, and and really it's, it's the best cause I could ever fight for fighting for people's health and for people to not go through what, you know, we I've been through personally with the the medical world. Well, maybe one
0: day uh, I can write your scripts. We don't do scripts right now, but we would be better if we did scripts. And I think I'd be a really good script writer. Yeah, you would. (laughs) So we'll see what the future holds Levi. We will get together on podcast again soon i appreciate you for coming on on the saturday evening making the sacrifices build this business spread this awareness health you mentioned health yeah health is important we talk about health a lot but i was healthy and suicidal and uh it's not really worth it (laughs) there's more to life (laughs) and structuring your time and all this stuff is uh in my opinion more important for depression. Like I said, depression is most likely caused by boredom, and that doesn't have anything to do with nutrition. So I think we covered a lot. Looking forward to the next talk, man.
3: Yeah, same. It was really good. Thank you for everything.
0: <laughs> Thank you as well. Thank everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?